Welcome to Barbell Buddha Rediscovered. This is episode 76. It's your boy Brooksy here checking in from my back patio on a beautiful, beautiful spring Monday in Memphis, Tennessee. Today on the show, I'm going to share a success story from one of our listeners, and Chris has four lessons for doing awesome shit. Here comes success. that don't know, was Iggy Pop with the song, Here Comes Success. (laughs) Did you ever watch Pete, The Adventures of Pete and Pete as a kid? (laughs) This was, growing up, like, Pete and Pete was one of my favorite shows. And for those that don't remember, there was two brothers, both named Pete. They had one of their neighborhood friends who was already the strongest man in the world. But little Pete had a best friend. Her name in the show was Nona, Nona Mecklenburg. And Iggy Pop actually played her father in the show, and he went by James Pop Mecklenburg. Uh, And he's, yeah, this really odd character that shows up in the show every now and again. So there's your little bit of pop culture history with the man himself, Iggy Pop who Chris opens up with a nice riff on Iggy Pop. Um, He probably has a little bit more working knowledge on Iggy Pop and his work than I do. But here's what I'll I'll say about that song. My take on that song, if you look at it, here comes success. It's coming around. It's coming over the hill. My car, my fancy this, my all the things. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And he's imagining, I'm imagining that he's imagining you know, he's writing this song about the success that's to come. And it's all material, right? The things that we imagine success to look like. But the point of it to me is that, you know, success is, it, it's here. Whether we claim it or not, uh, what we consider success is certainly up to us. Um, if it's the car or the rug or the this or the that, you know, maybe it is on the way. But to me, you can have success right now if you are open to opening your mind a little bit as to what success looks like. Yeah, that's what I think about that. I told you that I had, uh, Chris is definitely going to be on. His show 
is four lessons for doing awesome shit. Here comes success, right? We're going to have Chris definitely riff through that. He's got four very easy to understand, very simple, not always easy to apply lessons, but these are gold lessons. So if you're wanting to do anything awesome in your life, I highly recommend you stick around. Speaking of people that are doing awesome things, I had the most incredible experience today, and I want to tell you about it. I got an email um, that I didn't see for well over a month from a listener, and I imagine he's going to hear this show. His name, I won't say his full name, but his name is Zach, Zach T. And Zach wrote me an email that, without question, brought me to tears because it is the epitome of why I started this show. The only thing that I ever really hoped to do is what he reflected back to me today. And it also highlights why Chris's work, even after his death, is so important and valuable. Because, as you'll learn, he wasn't a Barbell Buddha or Chris Moore fan while Chris was uh, here on this material plane. And so to get this email from this person on this day, um, right before I'm about to tell you about how to do some awesome shit, or better yet, how Chris is going to tell you some lessons for doing awesome shit, I wanted to read this for you today, uh, especially for those that maybe uh, aren't seeing the results they want, maybe going through some frustrating times. I'm, I'm hoping to uh, shed a little bit of light. And the reason I ended up beginning getting in contact with Zach is that he purchased uh, a program that I had put out called Three Days to Play. And he wrote this to me, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off. Um, he said, uh, the reason I needed more time to draft this email was to let you know how much you, Barbell Buddha Rediscovered, and obviously Chris Moore and the Barbell Buddha pod podcast have meant to me over the last year. And if you'll indulge me, I'll give you the background on why. And then, again, this is all Zach here. In March of 2019, at 35 years old, I began lifting for the first time. I was working with a personal trainer two days a week, and I loved it. Right at the one-year mark in March of 2020, as even you know better than I, COVID-19 shut down the gyms. That left me on an island trying to navigate things myself. I would like to say I jumped right into a new routine. However, I let quarantine get the best of me. It happens, man. By the end of April, I nearly put on 20 pounds, and I knew that I had to change. Similar to your morning French press routine, I began taking a walk every day. Before the prices went through the roof, I also ordered a rack, a barbell, and some weights that I knew I could continue training on my own. My, on my walks, I decided I would listen to some podcasts around lifting. The first one I found was Barbell Shrugged. My personal trainer was part of the group that trains with Corey Gregory. And if you don't remember Corey Gregory, uh, he owns a supplement company and he had like a squat everyday program. Um, so he started with the Corey Gregory episodes of Barbell Shrugged, and he branched out from there. I'll pick back up here. Somewhere, somewhere around the second week, your episode with Mike Bledsoe about Chris was recommended by my podcast app. After hearing your experience with the Barbell Buddha podcast, I decided to give it a listen. And in all caps, life-changing. Brooks, in my, in my quest for barbell knowledge, I never could have imagined the impact you and Chris have had on my life. I then started taking two walks from May to September, and I would listen to Chris's podcast in the evening, 
uh, in the morning, that is, and I would listen to your take on it in the evening. It's been truly a transformational experience. Because of you and Chris, my outlook on life has expanded so much. I've read more great books than I ever have, and I just gained such a greater appreciation for life. My emotions, too, man. What a roller coaster. I've laughed with you, too. I've got passionate about things with you, too. And on my walks, I've even had a couple of painful cries. Dude, fuck, man. I've been there. When I started Barbell Buddha, I started with Chris's first episode. So when I started Barbell Buddha Rediscovered, I skipped the first episode so that I could be in sync. It took me about a month to listen to the first episode of Barbell Buddha Rediscovered, which is the episode that I did with Janie and her sister Abby. By that point, Chris felt like a friend, a brother, a mentor. I remember walking in my neighborhood, tears flowing as Janie told the story of Chris's last moments. Similarly, I remember the pain I felt during Max's rings. I never imagined I would feel so connected to a podcast as I do with you two. I just wanted to write you this brief email, Brooks, to let you know how much I appreciate what you've done. As a result of Barbell Buddha and Barbell Buddha Rediscovered podcasts, I've had physical changes like losing almost 30 pounds, mental breakthroughs, and I've even changed the course of my own career to chase what makes me happy and content versus, quote, the norm. I'm sorry this email is all over the place, and by the way, it was not, sir. But I just wanted to come straight from the heart. Thank you for all you've done. You've truly helped change my life. Honestly, man, this email doesn't do it justice, and I can't thank you and Chris enough. Zach, man, if you're if you're listening to this, not only did this email do your journey uh, and appreciation and gratitude justice, I am very grateful that you chose to share that with me, man. Chris had a thing where he said, even if what you're doing only helps one person, And I've had other people reach out, but this one was uh, unusual to me in that he wasn't a fan of Chris's prior to the show, prior to me starting the show. He found this organically through the grapevine. He took the effort to go and listen to Chris's work, and what little uh, I've done to contribute to that, to highlight my own experience with the work, um, that's the only part that I can take credit for is is being willing to share my experience with this work and share it with you all. I, too, was inspired by Chris. I, too, have had many painful cries with uh, the emotional connection and the rawness of it all. And fuck, man, um, your story is my story. It may not have been on the weight loss or on the training, but your story, Zach, is my story, and my story is your story. It's exactly why I started the show. I started the show because I knew that if I applied this, that things like this would happen. People would find the show. People would take the time to listen to Chris's work and get curious, and people would change their lives. So, Zach... If you're out there, thank you, man. I appreciate the words. And I send you the utmost gratitude and respect to you on your own path. Reach out anytime. Listeners, other listeners, please, if you have something similar, if you have stories that you'd love to share, just know that any email that you send me, brooks, B-R-O-O-K-S, at meadowsmentoring.com, will be read 
will be appreciated and will be put forward. So if you have a story that you'd like to share on this show, send it over to me. Tell me how Chris impacted your life, and I will happily, willingly, and joyfully share your story with the rest of our community. Okay. Now we get to the good stuff. Mr. Chris Moore, the Barbell Buddha, and he is going to talk to us about success, and he has four lessons for doing awesome shit. And I don't know about you, but I personally like doing awesome shit. I want to do awesome shit, and I got some awesome shit on the books for 2021. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to get Chris on for a little over eight minutes, and he's going to share two lessons He's going to share two lessons, and then we're going to come back. We're going to break down uh, my experience with those two lessons, how I'm applying them, and what I've learned from them. I'll kick it back to Chris for two more lessons. I'll talk about those things, and then I'll let him close the show like only he can. So, clip number one, first two lessons for doing awesome shit. All right, Chris, take it away, bro. Like when I'm pushing out like success advice, I want to be clear that I don't feel like I've necessarily arrived at all in life. Uh, if anything, I'm a guy who's, over the course of like the last 10 years or so, been really trying to like find you know, the path. Like We're all fucking trying to do. Like I'm not on some sacred, unique mission here um, that's particularly tough. We're all trying to figure out desperately like what it is we're supposed to be doing. It's like the classic human conundrum and shit. But I've been trying that for 10 years, and because I've been sort of aggressively trying it in lots of intense ways, like through sport and coaching and podcasting and, you know, misadventures in the career path and all that, because I've been so kind of aggressive with it, I picked up a lot of lessons, man. You know, it's been a cool part about keeping, like, a wide breath and, like, taking on a bunch of really diverse challenges. I've been able to see things from lots of different angles. And, like, and as is the best way to learn, I've been able to, like, make a lot of cool connections between all these things. And I've got a few things that I think are just important if you want to, like, maximize... Um, your mindset and what you can achieve. Like nothing fancy. Like I'm not promising anything. It's not like an, an all-inclusive list. Some of it may be obvious to you, some of it won't, but I think it's useful. And I want to get into it. I just got like four quick lessons. And this won't be like the most longest, most longest. Grammar police, come out and get me. This won't be the longest of all podcasts, but I think it'll be high value. You know, whatever. I think the first point I want to make is, is like one of the most important lessons I've learned the last year or so. And if I get a little uncomfortable about it, it's because it's still raw and new for me. Like, I haven't been a businessman for so long, you know. It's only been about a year that I've been able to get exposed to it. And then on the back end of that year, get my feet, so, like, you know, well set enough where I could start figuring it out enough to where it would support me and my family. So one of the big lessons I've had to learn is, like, reciprocation. And whatever you're trying to do, we'll keep it generic. That way it applies to everybody. But reciprocation is key. Like, the best example I can put out there is the last cool thing I've done, which is that Barbell Daily site. So that site's been launched now. Are we two weeks in? Or a week and a half in? You know, whatever it is. I'm really, really happy about it because people are going to it. People who dig Barbell Shrugged, I think, are going to it just about every day like I hope they would. You know, making their French press coffee and shit and, and logging down. Logging down? Where are you from, Chris? <laughs> logging in, you know, wherever logging in from. Fuck. Uh, you know, check out the website and see what cool thing we posted because I'm committing to do a, a cool new post at a minimum, just one post at least, uh, every day. So oftentimes more than one post. You know, we're trying just to pump out as much cool content as possible. And that was the vision, I think, for that website the whole time. Like, I knew I wanted it to catch on quickly. And I knew I wanted to to build in the most possible value for people, right? And I want it to be successful. How do I do that? 
Well, I wanted to make the experience like as as clean as possible. Like if you if you want to do like a blog or something or even if you're starting out with a podcast, anything where you're going to present information to people, I think don't clutter it. Don't add in a bunch of nonsense. Don't try to put in so many ads asking and setting expectations that are wrong up front and shit, you know. Keep a, a user experience and an exchange of information very clean, very high level, very high value. Give people what they, they want to hear from you. Like try to deliver as much cool shit for free <laughs> up front uh, as you can. You know, like if you charge up front because like you think what you have is so special, you might slowly build something, but it's not the man. Like it's hard to get people to see, but the best possible way to get like some kind of little business going for yourself or to to set yourself as some sort of expert or it doesn't matter what you want to do. Like you, you want to be a blogger on a certain topic, you know, a gizmo blogger, a fitness blogger. You, you want to be a CrossFit coach. You want to be a nutritionist. You know, I don't think it really matters. If you want people to give you money for what you do, the more you give them for free, the, the more ravenous they're going to be in support of you, the more they're going to feel indebted to reciprocate and give value back to you. It's the biggest lesson, man. It's like the most hugest lesson you can learn. Start with that. And, and right now you're going, well, Chris, you, you found out that, like, writing was your thing, whatever. And you launch that daily thing. And, again, what that site is, just, like, a bunch of information for free, basically. And because we're doing that, um, and because we're linking heavily to the authors and trying to promote people and just give people as much as possible, then on the back end we say, oh, if you like all this, then you can just check out the shop if you want. So that's where the reciprocation happens. Now, I know that, like, for some people it's like, you're not going to launch a podcast. You're not going to do a blog. You're not going to start, like, a big, huge business or something. But you want to do something, right? Like, you want to do... You want to make some crafts, you know. <laughs> you want to cut grass for a living. You want to be uh, like a lactation consultant. You know, whatever it is, you ask, those things come to mind because it's all shit I've been doing. Like I've been cutting grass lately, getting you out prep for fall. And then my wife, I think, is gonna start doing that kind of work, the lactation consultant stuff. That's her thing. Like coaching pro moms out there is great. But no matter what it is you want to do, I think you start with a question of what could you just give away that people would really be excited about. Like, fuck your passion, man, like your divine calling and all that. That's all a bit dramatic. If you put that kind of pressure and expectation on yourself and, like, what you're going to be able to, what you should be doing with your time and what you should be striving for and all that, you're never going to figure it out, man. You're always going to second-guess your decisions and you're going to be too intense about everything and be constricted. You're not going to let it all just happen. So what I want you to do is just start with what you can give away. Like, what is it that people really love from you? And then give it away a long time. Maybe, like, spend, like, two years just doing it getting so good about it and through the process getting so good about understanding what people want from you and what their needs are and being able to just meet a whole bunch of people and practice that the act of giving and get better and better and make better and better shit. That's the first step to kicking a lot of ass in business, man. Whatever it is you want to do. The next thing. And this is another, like, reciprocation is huge, giving away shit's huge, but also I think um, learning how to market. <laughs> and, the, and I know... Like, half the people go, yeah, it seems obvious. I try, and, like, I'm looking forward to some tips on that. Some people get it, and some people are, like, really resistant to the idea of, like, they get a sleazy feeling. And I was like that for a long time. Like, when you when it comes to self-promotion and, like, presenting yourself in some way, uh, whether it's an office or just out as a unique personality, like if you're a speaker or something, I think it takes a long time <laughs> for some longer than others, but a long time to get used to, like, constantly presenting yourself as an expert and, like, growing into that a little bit. But, you know, it just it takes time. And it's, it's not so much you being, like, sleazy and trying to leverage uh, people to get what you want. I mean, you're going to get a lot of cool stuff out if you're working hard and making cool stuff. But I think it was my, maybe Doug who taught me how to look at marketing differently. Basically, he said, like, a good way to think about it is that 
marketing allows people to know <laughs> what you're doing and what you have to offer. Like, you can't help anybody in life on any level unless they know what you're doing. <laughs> like, until they can get to you and hear you, it won't matter. So if you quit thinking of, like, marketing shit as, like, a way to just make money and thinking of it more of a way like, just communicate better and get your message across in just the way you'd hope it would get across. That's a very powerful thing to learn, you know. Um, you can use that for bad shit. <laughs> like, you could totally be able to manipulate people and pitch bullshit at them to get what you want. But what I would say, what I've learned and what I think works, what I think we've learned works through the show, is that you have to make yourself as interesting as possible in all that you do. Like, everything you title and everything you write and every picture you take and every Facebook post you make to try to promote an idea or a point of view or, like, a cause or whatever. Practice the, the art of efficiently, like, communicating with people. So, like, if you write a title that's boring, and you read it out loud and go, would I fucking click on that? Probably not. Like, if, you, if you're using words that are boring and ordinary, you know, punch them up. Like, subtract them, man. Like, put in something that's a lot more sexy and excited that I think, like, w- would actually get people's attention. That's the first step towards, like, getting people then to see all the, the cool things you're working on. Um, I think that's an easy enough lesson to learn. Easy enough to learn, but man, oh man, can it be tough to apply. Finding the confidence to, uh, as Chris put it, like market yourself and put it out there. Um, So he gave us two lessons. Uh, In the first lesson, he uh, was talking about giving things away. But what, what really lesson one was, was this idea of reciprocation. Uh, the give and get, the give and take, uh, but mostly give in order to receive what you want later and building trust. So, um, Barbell shrugged. Barbell shrugged. Absolutely nailed this. I mean, they they gave away so much content and work up front for years on end before they ever asked for any sort of exchange. Uh, I remember. I remember the first time they started launching programs, and it was like. Buying the programs by this point was was like a no-brainer. It was the obvious thing to do once they made it available because they were giving away so much awesome stuff for free for so long that the trust was so built in that it was just an easy, easy, easy sell, so to speak. And they weren't actually, I mean, it, they were making sales, right? But they were selling what you knew could be a, what was a good product. My experience with this is, uh, although I haven't, as systematically and consistently given away free things uh, in my business or, or otherwise, I can say that the, the times that I've been the most caught off guard with uh, success, so to speak, was when people came back to me that were taking something away from that, what I was doing and I had no idea that I had actually reached them. Um, the, the, person I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Zach, I had no idea that I had reached him in the way that I had reached him. And I had no idea that uh, my effort and Chris's effort and the circumstances would lead into him coming back to me and saying, hey, man, thank you. You know, that is just a a very simple and upfront way to describe reciprocation. I've also had people. The other thing about reciprocation, if I can riff on this a bit, is it's usually... Uh, in my experience, it hasn't been, uh, the exchange is more of like a long-term investment. So instead of it being like a, 
you're going and buying something from the store, you want the item, you pay the money in exchange for the thing. What really I want you to consider re reciprocation is more of like a savings account or an investment account. And every time you put dollars into this investment account, uh, that's a long-term growth investment account, it starts to get what they would call uh, the law of compounding interest, right? It kind of froze there. But law of compa compounding interest in finance is that you put in now, and then the more you put in now early on, the more it's going to compound over time because the interest on it is always running. So instead of making one big deposit in your account once a year, it's better in that case to start putting the money into your account in smaller increments so you can start collecting the compound interest on the money that you're putting in. The same thing can be thought about re uh, reciprocation, and that is start considering giving away what you have to give for free. This show is another perfect example. I started this show for no other reason than to give it, and it's a savings account. I put in effort, and it slowly builds interest over time. And maybe one day if I decide that I want to offer a real, like, real product, something that is, um, you know, been put in, I've put in the time, I've put in the effort, and I'm, now I'm ready to turn it around and, and invite you into something um, that in, in exchange for money, maybe I'll do that. But the point is I am choosing to think about this effort like a long-term investment. And um, in my previous years working in recess and even in education before that, I was making connections and uh, meeting people. And, you know, you just never know who's listening to your work and never know who's listening to your message. And the people that have surfaced as long-term relationships uh, business-wise in my life have come from me giving information with no expectation of receiving anything in return. Giving it uh, was the only thing that there was to do and the timeline on the reciprocation it sort of just hit me out of nowhere I, I didn't realize that I was going to be able to reap the benefit of that investment you know you, you just don't always know when you're going to be able to get that benefit and the second lesson that Chris was talking about was learning how to market yourself and man this is something that has been a, uh, a big growth opportunity for me is learning how to distinguish the difference between egoistic yucking yourself up, talking yourself up. That is a southern word, by the way, yucking. <laughs> yucking it up. If Talking yourself up in a way that's ego-driven. I'm so awesome. You need to see how awesome I am. And if you click this button, then you'll really see how awesome I am. That's not what Chris is talking about here. What he's really saying is learning how to be confident that you are prepared to step into that professional role. And you can tell people, this is what I do, this is the benefit you'll get from it, and this is what I've been doing up to this point to be able to deliver the best quality thing I can deliver to you, service or product or otherwise. Learning how to market yourself is not trying to figure out what you can say that people will like. It's learning how to honestly say what it is that you do what is the value that you bring? Who are you trying to bring that value to? And what will they receive as a benefit for coming to you to get whatever that is that they need? Chris was obviously working in strength. He was an author. He was, But they were mostly working in strength and health and fitness. Chris had spent, you know, years as a power lifter. He had spent even more longer uh, decades, you know, playing football. He had spent more than a decade writing. He had spent several years researching. He was 
putting in the time and the effort so that when they did get to this point in Barbell Shrug, where Chris is at this point in the show, it's they're pushing the gas pedal at this point. They're saying, we're offering stuff. We're ready to receive the value. You know that we care about you. You know that we got your best interest at heart. And here's now how you can reciprocate that energy and pay it back to us in the form of money. And there's nothing wrong with taking the exchange of money for what you do. Uh, but Chris, like he said, it's it's got to come from real experience. Don't just slap a price tag on it and say, hey, I've been coaching for five months and I deserve to get paid. It just doesn't work like that. Put money into your savings account, build that experience, and over time, as you've built that experience, as you put in that investment, when it comes time, you'll know that you're about to hit your critical mass. People will start asking you for the thing that they want. And then you turn around and say, hey, you asked for it. I put in all this time and all this energy. I'm going to build it for you. Will you please buy it? And most of the time, if you put in that effort, you will get a yes. So that's reciprocation and learning how to market. Chris is going to pick back up for lessons three and four. See you there. The third thing and the fourth thing kind of go hand in hand. And he's really the last points I'm going to make. It's a short podcast. But the second thing is cool. So I found this totally at random last night. Like, I was up. I didn't feel so great, man. I was up, like, at 5 a.m., not able to sleep. And then, like, fucking around on my iPhone and, like, uh, getting into trouble on Reddit, being up too late. And I came across this awesome quote by Gene Roddenberry. And if I'm, unless I'm just totally fucking, you know, <laughs> out of bounds, pretty sure Gene Roddenberry's the guy who wrote Star Trek. And I think I'm almost, like, 97% sure of that. But anyway, check this quote out. It is the struggle itself that is most important. We must strive to be more than we are. It does not matter that we will not reach our. Or it doesn't matter that we will not reach our ultimate goal. The effort itself yields its own reward. That's pretty fucking cool, man. Uh, if you want to really make an impact, do something cool. Break out of your show and be brand new. I think you have to constantly be seeking out new challenges, like uh, trying to reach out and, and and bridge and make new contacts with people. Like the coolest thing. The coolest thing about doing a podcast is being able to meet so many different kinds of people. Not just like famous people. Yeah, coaches and some personalities and stuff. That's all fun. But also just be able to get exposure to uh, just like fans of the show and shit all across, you know, in this case, uh, when I kiss the show, like the country or the, the states here and, then, and all over the world. Hopefully we get a chance to visit people abroad more and more often. But it's so cool to be able to meet people and get new contacts. Every time you meet a new contact, you get a new perspective on things and the, the higher level those contacts are the the greater your potential and the higher you can rise you know the, the contacts are important but also i guess also if i can say also 800 times <laughs> um when it comes to experience so people are really important and experience is like super duper critical um another cool benefit of what we're doing is we're traveling a bunch and we're meeting uh or, or we're getting exposed to a bunch of very novel situations and some of them are out well outside of our comfort zone um very challenging very pressure packed and like um deadline sense of it and all that, but the more you can experience those kind of situations, the better and better you'll get at handling it. So stretch yourself, man. Get out there. The last thing I want to do is talk about persistence. And I thought, just as a change-up to finish this one on a, on a fun note, I'd read what I wrote today for the Barbell Daily. So I was, I was thinking about this for a while, <clears throat> about sort of defining what I mean by daily. Like, I, def I, I named that website because... Uh, Obviously, it's, it's a fucking daily feature. Like, every day we're going to put something up. But daily, to me, represents something a little bit bigger. It represents sort of uh, the barbell shred code of contact, the habit we've been cultivating for years and years and years, uh, 
it's a deep habit I've learned, even from my mentors back in academics, uh, guys like Mike Stone and, and Andy Fry and John Garhammer and Lawrence Wise, Brian Schilling, Lawrence Yu, all these great professors who, you know, if you weren't constantly just hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, and writing good shit, and, like, doing research, and um, <clears throat> asking big questions, and, like, having great discussions, if you're always just impressing people, if you weren't able to bring that every day, then you're off point, man. That grinding attitude is so huge, but I wrote this today, um, sort of from that mindset, and sort of, like, lay down a, maybe, like, a mission statement, or, like, a, a battle cry for the site and for the fans, so I hope you dig it. I'll, I'll read it and see what you think, right? Uh, I cannot pin down exactly where Barbell Shrugged began. The obvious answer would be episode one, if you can reach back in your mind and remember back to that day. It's 2012, I think. Uh, but that's not the actual start of the show. The show had no real inception point. It was more like an evolutionary thing that worked its way through our lives. We didn't build it, really. We just realized one day that it was time that we turned on some microphones. You know, we realized we had a lot to say and people would probably dig it. I don't want to make the process sound like too romantic, though. There is just no way around it. If you want to be heard, like really heard, and, and saw as or, or seen as somebody who's distinct and, and high value, you cannot be afraid of failure. And no one's going to notice you at first, no matter how loud you bark or you know, how well you bark. <laughs> you will coach your heart out. You will speak and write, write, write. You will get frustrated as hell, too. And maybe you'll quit because most people do quit when their strict expectations for their life and for their pursuits don't get met. You know, Consider the quote by William Blake. The fool who persists in his folly will become wise. Now, hear me out, friend. Success and distinction cannot be discovered. I don't think. <laughs> they are more like qualities that emerge with time and persistent effort. We had all tried the blogging thing for years and years and years and we just failed, failed, failed. I myself... I've kept at least five or six separate blogs in the past. You know, some were terrible. Uh, each got better than the last, but none of that shit was all that good. Uh, in hindsight, I shouldn't have all been like hurt by the silence. I should not have had my feelings disturbed by it. Because this was my immaturity talking, right? Instead, I should have just realized that what I was really doing was earning my voice. you got to put in some reps, man. It's just like snatching or deadlifting. You just don't get it. you got to earn what it is that really counts in this world. Every bad post, every awkward video and boring recording in those early years was a little step in the right direction. The only key here is the persistence. Those that keep going get wise soon enough. I'd always been a decent writer, I guess. Words were my strength in school and all that. It was just that when it came to sharing my own unique voice, like not research articles or summaries of other people's opinions, but when it came time to share my voice, it took some time for the writing to feel honest, unfiltered, and rewarding. You know, maybe about a decade, if you want to be specific. I'm not saying I'm some kind of fucking Ernest Hemingway now, but I am able to write without worrying about what people think, and that's a huge, <laughs> that's a huge milestone in and of itself for any writer. You know, the microphone, though, microphones were different. You know, podcasting was fun right from the start, and I think it's obvious why that's true. It's fucking tons easier than writing. <laughs> like, um, you might find the idea of talking to a microphone for an hour... Uh, to, to a big audience, uh, intimidating or whatever. But having to write every week and make it good is, is much harder. Usually people freak out a lot more when they stare at a blank page than when they just start talking about some cool ideas they have. One of the very first recordings we ever did, 
took place at Republic Coffee in Memphis, Tennessee. Mike Bledsoe and I sat down in the far corner booth on a very rainy, very gray November morning. This was a little while ago. This was 2011. We ordered a couple of tall lattes with extra espresso shots and booted up the just-purchased blue USB microphone. It's pretty cool, that thing. I've got that audio on my laptop now. It's just that it's pretty raw and boring, as you might guess. But there is one clip that kind of gives me chills. There's this point where we're wrapping up the show. I guess I use that, sh- that word show loosely because this wasn't the most exciting, titillating exchange of ideas. But we ended on a very optimistic note. So I blabbered a little bit, and Mike closed with this line. We're doing this podcast experiment and seeing how much further it's going to take us. So I guess we'll see you next week. The cool thing about that is it's, it's one isolated event, but you never know what just one event can lead to. Plenty of people called us foolish early on, including a lot of the people we love most. If you're ever going to do anything big in this world, you got to realize that some of the people you love most, man, they're going to be the ones that try to stop you from doing it. They love you, that's why. They don't want you to hurt yourself and fuck up and fail. you got to be strong enough to keep loving them back and to not make them so enraged with you <laughs> that they're going to fuck off. you know, you got to keep a balance. That's really hard. you got to prepare for that. Uh, but here's the thing. We kept doing what we needed to do week after week. We've recorded a brand new episode of Barbell Shrugged. Ever since that week, actually, in the coffee shop, for like the last four years. This is something I'm incredibly proud of. I am lucky to have played a part in it all. So that's just it. You need to know that you can be heard. You know, maybe you're frustrated or let down by the early silence. That's fine. Think of it like the banging of a big drum. Anyone can make a big sound, man, or a loud crash. People might hear you, but they probably won't. You know, The odds are low, but if you repeat the banging long enough, people will appreciate what you're doing in time. You'll get lost in it. Like You'll forget what you're trying to get out of it. You'll just do it. You'll forget about like trying to copy what anybody else is doing, what they're up to. Like mimicking shit is not where it's at. Nothing will feel forced in time, and you won't put any unrealistic expectations that'll hang over your fucking head for the whole time. It'll come naturally, trust me. You experiment, you try over and over and over again, and people will start noticing your unique rhythm. Like that will happen. You gotta keep going. I've been asked, I've been asked what Barbell Daily is all about a few times. The obvious answer, we're gonna go back to obvious answers, is that this is just my latest blog, man. It's the next step. It's a cool place for our amazing audience to pick up some cool ideas and exchange them daily and get involved in some conversation and whatnot. But the daily is really more of like a declaration, a battle cry, steady affirmation. Maybe it's a, an ex- exhibition of the rise and grind attitude that has made Barbell Shrugged a possibility to begin with. The effort won't always be perfect or right on time. I'm much too much of a knucklehead to pull it off all the time. But it will happen daily. Um, and that's all that matters. We will not stop. We will persist and grow wise together, my friends. If we can keep our beat, there's no end to what we might do here. Pick up your stick and make a big noise, dude. Do not stop. I don't care how hard it gets. You'll be glad you kept going. Cheers. When Chris talks like that, I receive so much motivation and certainty around doing awesome stuff. Lesson three here was to seek out new challenges. I love that. Looking for new ways to grow, new people to connect with, new places to travel, new areas of interest, new books. Seeking novel experiences to grow, to reflect back on another deep lesson deep in the, in the coffer back in, in Chris's work is being T-shaped. That's what he means. 
you dig in dig in deep that's the the tall vertical line and then and then you seek out new challenges to grow that that upper horizontal line to become more t-shaped i seek out new challenges in my training i seek out new challenges in my perspective i personally apply this all the time i believe in it and that's why i am doubling down with chris here and the last lesson he read about persistence Barbell shrugged at those time. Chris, as an individual, they truly epitomized persistence, especially during this time. They kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And before you know it, man, they were they were a phenomenon. They had changed the game forever, especially in media and fitness media. So much so that Chris's ideas that he's talking about on this podcast and or, or a previous show that he did with Travis or things like that, people, like, when, when Chris passed away and Barbell Shrugged has their own uh, uh, evolutionary moment because of that, other people made Chris's vision come to life. You know, Rogue went out and did some documentaries that were literally – to a T, the exact things that Chris was working on and intended to create in his life. Uh, they, they did change the game, and there's no doubt about that. And the key, the number one thing that they did better than anything is they were persistent. Uh, Chris was talking about all his different blogs, how many di- times he started and stopped. That is That hit me right in the face. That is me. That is me. All the blogs, all the podcasts, or all the online videos or all the course content I've made so much stuff that didn't that didn't land with anybody I I hit my drum sometimes once sometimes 10 times in a row but I didn't keep hitting the same drum so this is personal for me this is this is an area of growth that I will put into my life Uh, and I hope you do as well to recover the last four lessons before we get out of here before I let Chris close the show lesson one reciprocation Give it, give it, give it, give it. And if you give it well and you give it good content for the right reason, you will receive it. You will see that reciprocation like investment in a, an account that doesn't come out until later. Number two, learning how to market. Learning how to be confident that you are offering the goods. That only comes with time. That only comes with experience. And if you're offering it from ego, if you're selling, if you're trying to manipulate someone, that is not what he meant. What he's saying is put in the work, get the experience, and then when you are ready, learn to say with confidence who you are, what you do, and why working with you will be a benefit. Number three, seek out those new challenges. Find something new and novel to expand your brain, to expand your body, and expand your experience. And finally, keep hitting that drum be persistent and the rest will take care of itself that is what i believe that is what chris has experienced and that is what i'm gonna put into practice as soon as i get off this microphone is that good i think it's good (laughs) i think i've done I've, i've given my fill if you'd like to support the show here's what you can do you can send me a message brooks at meadowsmentoring.com share your story and i will share your story you can rate this show five stars leave a kind comment share it with a friend because your friend might be the next zach your friend might need that experience might need that permission and that growth share it share it share it that's how you can continue to reciprocate this show for me and for chris all right dude it's time to close the show take him away buddy 
Did you dig it? I hope you did, man. Again, nothing like super duper life, uh, earth shattering, whatever. But those are four lessons that I've learned this last year, and a little bit of it's cumulative. It's been building up for a while, but it's so important. Like when we talk about success, we're saying you have something you need to get done, man. You're guilty of the good you don't do, so you got to get fucking on top of it. And what is it? Is it launching a blog? Is it launching a business? Is it being the fucking best coach you can be? Is it being a chef? Is it being a is it being a good office worker? I mean, it could be. Whatever it is, if you want to be the best at it, you fucking should. It's like your job, man. Like Henry Rollins said one time, like, if you've got a job, even if it sucks, you better do that fucking job as well as you can. Kill it, because there's no other fucking, you're alive for a very short period of time. If you're using your time for something where you're not giving all your effort, fuck, man, what's the point in that? Like, get on top of the ball and hit it hard. You know, I hope you have a lovely evening. I won't keep any longer. That's long enough. I got some more booze to drink. And also, me and my wife are going to go see a movie. It's a very rare night. Where we have a babysitter for the kids. I think the father-in-law's gonna come over and watch the kids, and we're gonna see a movie. So I gotta get to that. Before I do that, please, 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 if you dig this podcast, and if you dig the Barbell Shark podcast, go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. We would really much appreciate it. Also, fucking drop the plug of all plugs. Uh, to find out how you can support the show, go to barbellshrug.com and sign up for the newsletter. It couldn't be any easier than that, could it? Uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Short one and a quick one. I wish you the most awesome Saturday night possible. Join me next week. Make some bad decisions, but do it in the safest place, you know? <laughs> Imbibe a little bit. Have a good time. I'll see you next time, baby. Peace, love, namaste. Cheers. Right. Live